You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We know about many famous teams in the world. There's Abbott and Costello, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, quarterback Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, and for you cartoon aficionados, there's Tom and Jerry. But in the world of real pets, one pair stands out, Doctors Foster and Smith. Look around your home, and I bet a big bowl of kibble that you have at least one pet product that bears the name Dr. Fosters and Smith. We know their names, but just who are the real Dr. Foster and Smith? We'll unveil that mystery in today's show as our special guest is Dr. Marty Smith. Welcome to the show, Dr. Marty. Thank you, Arden. That introduction is a little more than anybody else has ever done. Oh, <laughs> well, I think you're a top dog in the pet world, and I want to honor you because I think it's nice that you're on the show. And you know what, folks? We're going to learn how one veterinarian named Smith and a pair of veterinarians named Foster took a vet clinic practice in Wisconsin and expanded it into a multi-million dollar company that caters to dogs, cats, horses, ferrets, fish, oh my, and so much more right after this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Spills, pet messes, and dirt are unavoidable, but the stains and odors they cause are not. Spot Shot Instant Carpet Stain and Odor Eliminators, non-toxic, environmentally friendly, and biodegradable formula safely and permanently eliminates the toughest carpet spills and stains, even pet messes. Approved by the Carpet and Rug Institute, Spot Shot neutralizes odors with powerful dual odor eliminators and utilizes an anti-resoiling agent to protect carpets from future stains. Spot Shot products can be found at Walmart, Petco, Lowe's, and your local grocery retailer. For more information, visit SpotShot.com. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. 
So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. You're in for a special treat, listeners. Our very special guest today sports a very familiar name in the pet world. Yes, we're honored to have one half of that famous pet duel of Doctors Foster and Smith. Dr. Marty Smith, welcome to the show. Thank you, Arden. It's going to be fun to be here. All right. You know, you and the Foster brothers have literally built a pet dynasty. I mean, back in 1983, let's take people back. You were practicing vet medicine at a clinic in Wisconsin, and now you have a multi-million dollar industry that, you know, you're kind of top dog in terms of catalog and online business. And here you are getting vaccinations in the early 80s. Some light bulb come on or what happened that you just sort of recreated yourself? Well, Arden, to be honest with you, it was a thing of necessity. Dr. Roy Foster was my partner at the time, uh, along with his brother, Ray Foster, developed Lou Gehrig's disease, uh-huh. which is, if you know, our ALS. It's a, it's a horrible disease, and God hope we start doing more research on it. Uh, Rory was a practicing veterinarian with me. We had five veterinary clinics. We were having the time of our life, and he got diagnosed. Within three months, he could no longer use a syringe. Oh, my uh, gosh, that's fast. Yeah. yeah. So with that disease, your mind is perfect, but your body is just undergoing terrible degeneration. So we started a newsletter, thinking of something to do that he could do. Right. And we started writing a newsletter called The Kennel Doctor. And the purpose of The Kennel Doctor was really to help humane societies, breeders, kennel owners, boarding facilities, things like that, deal with when somebody has a lot of dogs. And we could write the thing in about an afternoon. It would come out once a month. At that time, everybody charged $39 for a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And within... Six months, we had 11,000 subscribers. Wow. So we were kind of off and running, and dumb veterinarians like we were, we <laughs> realized we still had needed something more for Rory to do because we didn't, it didn't take any time to do it, so we started the mail order business. In our clinics, up to that point, I want to tell you a little bit about our clinics. Sure. I think we did some things right that I criticize veterinarians today for, and I'll be honest, I've got lots of hate mail for it. 
In our That's clinics okay. that we had, we had five or six clinics at a time, and anybody who brought a dog or a puppy or kitten into our clinic went through the normal shot series. The spay or neuter was free, no charge. Wow. And, of course, that wasn't very popular in the veterinary community, but we brought a lot of people into veterinary medicine, our area of northern Wisconsin and Minnesota, because at that time, Arden, up here, a lot of people didn't use veterinary clinics. They took care of the pet at home. But when you brought somebody into the clinic, they'd come in two or three or maybe four times for their shots, paid the dog, it'd come in for suture removal. You had a client for life. And, yeah, it was a good thing for the pet. It was a wonderful thing for the pet community, but it was good for the veterinary practices. In other words, we built practices because people came to see us to get into the program. Don't you think that that's sort of a hallmark of what you are about? I don't know if your mama raised you right, but, you know, you have that reputation for good quality. We tried to. I mean, we made lots of mistakes along the way, but that was the program that started a lot of things. But then, when, you know, once Rory was affected with the disease, we got more into mail order. We continued to practice for another 12, 15 years, but after a while, uh, Rory had passed away. Uh, the mail order business has grown, and both Race and I had children, and families. Uh, it was just too much. He couldn't do both things. So we, we continued to help the uh, practices that we sold with surgeries and seeing some of our favorite clients, but then we were just mail order only. We need to back up for our listeners, too, to explain that the very cool-named foster brothers of Rory and Race, these are awesome names, by the way. That's right. Um, they, are they own, two brothers? Was there other brothers in the family that were veterinarians or sisters? Do Three you know how they sisters. got the names? <laughs> Three other sisters with the name Randy, Reggie, and Rory. Oh, my God. Randy, Reggie, and Wren. Randy, Reggie, and Wren were the girls, and Rory and Race were the boys. They were from Michigan. <laughs> Boy, just think if they had a dozen, they'd be getting close to yeah. running out names. A super, These, uh, just a super family. Oh, that's great. That's great. So here you are with this Doctors Foster Smith logo. It's kind of, I always think of the cough drops, you know, the Smith Brother cough drops. But... Mm-hmm. I know you said sometimes you made mistakes along the way, but it seems like you didn't have to go to get an MBA to start this. You were a veterinarian who seemed to know that there was a need that had to be filled. All we did when we started the mailer business was build everything around the clinic. All the products in the original catalogs were just from our clinic. We made the products available to people at a lower cost. You know, a rabies vaccine that in a clinic you might, God forgive me for saying this, but you know, we used to pay 58 cents for a, a rabies vaccine, and they, you imagine what people charge for them, and they still pay about 58 cents to a dollar for a vaccine. But that's how veterinary medicine was at that time. Veterinary medicine yeah. built a lot of its profit around the vaccines and getting the person in for that. Where today it's changed. It's more services are given out to the, are available to the public than they were at that time. We have practices today that specialize in dental, orthopedics, ophthalmics, and all those sort of things, different programs. 10 to 15% was devoted just to putting space in the catalog for articles that might be dealing with the products or just general health issues that people would confront with their dog and cats. The original catalog were all dog and cat, and then later we had a horse one, and then today we've spread out into other things. My thoughts are this. Normally a catalog, you know, a zillion percent of the space is devoted to selling, and yet you bucked tradition by having a lot of pet education articles and things like that. So tell us about why doing something maybe not conventional or what the guidance was, was the right pursuit. I think it built us a following and it gave people a purse to, to keep the catalog or to use the catalog or they got more out of it. Uh, at the same time, Arden, at that time, we, we couldn't do it anymore, but 
Tuesdays and Thursday mornings were strictly for consultation. Any one of our customers could call in and talk to us. And it was just the second you put the phone down, it would ring again. And every morning we would take, each of us would take, Tuesday and Thursday morning, we'd take between 100 and 300 calls, depending on, you know, how long you spent with somebody and things like that. Today we have five veterinarians on staff, and we, you know, through the Internet and blogs and Twitter and everything else, we still answer a lot of questions. But at that time, it was all just take the call, answer the call, do as good as you could, hang up the phone, the phone would ring instantly, and you'd be <laughs> off to the next call. So we wow. always build around whether we were talking to them directly or whether we were writing articles for the catalog. It was trying to be an information source, trying to make us a little different from everybody else. But I'll tell you, Arden, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was yeah. more enjoyable than just printing the book, shipping it out, and then praying for an order because you became like in a veterinary clinic. I mean, every veterinarian will ever tell you that if he ever quits practicing like I did, you hate it for about the first four or five years. You know, like working with the animals, you love the animals, but where the real joy of veterinary medicine comes is working with the clients. You know, get them through the good times, get them through the bad times, get them through those periods of transition. Those are the times you really enjoy and you look back, and every veterinarian that's ever practiced in America could write in all creatures great and small because we've all had so many things. And to give that up is hard, but by going to the information source, talking to the clients, answering letters, you kind of kept that family alive for Race and I and, and Roy because you still had people out there. A lot mm-hmm. of times veterinary students will come to us and work in the clinic, and you can always pick the ones that are going to be good veterinarians. And it's not so much how smart you are, but it's your attitude. And if people would come to us and say, I don't like working with people, I just want to work with animals, for God's sakes, don't go into veterinary medicine, because the real art of veterinary medicine is working with the owner of that animal and not the animal itself. And by doing that, that kind of thought, carrying over the mail or business, it's helped a lot in a practice. It really did. I'm really glad to hear you say that. It makes me shudder a little bit, too. And when I go out and I give talks all over America with pets, and people almost have like a badge of honor when they say, I like pets better than people. And I'm like, wow. You know, this whole world hums when we have this um, connection with pets and animals and, and everything. So it, it is, it's kind of almost short-sighted when people seem to think that's a great thing to say. You know, most of the problems we deal with today in animals, when you start talking about humane societies, now, it's not the animals the reason we have the problem, it's the people that were involved with the animals that, that cause us to have a problem, like, with you know, in humane societies today with so many dogs, so many cats, or so many animal pets. Working with a pet is very easy, with the reason we have the problem isn't. Well, let's talk about your, uh, what, what kind of critter crew do you have in your, uh, in the Smith family household in Wisconsin? Uh, today in the office, laying with me here, there's an English setter, an English pointer, I raised mm-hmm. both breeds, and then our house is filled up with adopted cats, and we mm-hmm. have a couple adopted dogs, too, but we breed English setters and English pointers for the fun of it, and have been doing that for about 20 years. Wow. Now, one of them, Vegas, scored a big woo award, didn't Vegas? Vegas was, uh, it was an English setter. So that's been a while back, but yeah, that was uh, a nationally known English setter. The ones I breed today, I've, I've gotten a little away from the show ring just because of where we live and the time and everything. And so the ones I breed today are, are more field dogs or just family pets, a lot of them. The show uh, was fun, but I, my hat's off to them, and I go to Westminster and things like that. But Arden, it's a lot of work, and it's, oh, uh, yeah. it's, uh, you can only do so many things in life. I have five daughters and, and a wife <laughs> and a bunch of friends and everything, and you can only do so much in this world. Five daughters. You have the patience of Job, huh? 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or and did they keep been you a better fine? Dad, that's for sure. We should have been a better dad because uh, five daughters takes a lot of time, and I wish I'd have done a lot of things different. Well, I bet you have a great sense of humor. I bet they keep you in line. They do. They're great kids, and I love them to, to bits. Uh, but they're, we do have a good sense of humor in our family. I will say that everybody does. We are speaking with Dr. Martin Smith. He is part of the cool duel of Doctors Foster Smith. You know that catalog. You know the online. You know their videos. I mean, they help you learn how to. I love the videos. You've got everything from teaching people how to teach a dog to wear booties to trimming nails and more. We're going to be back with Dr. Smith right after we pay for this show by taking this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. No, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Ray, and you're listening to OB Hate with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. 
The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're chatting with Dr. Marty Smith, part of that cool duel of Drs. Foster Smith. You know about them. I mean, I'm looking around my house. I have orthopedic beds. I have some chew toys. I think my cats and dogs, if they could go out and go shopping, uh, I'd be in real trouble, Dr. Marty. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've built your catalog and your online business on your reputation. And, you know, in life, that's probably about the best thing we can have to offer someone. So tell us a little bit about, you have like a 100% guarantee or something, correct? Pardon the reputation of business really mostly is evolves around our employees. You know, our employees are really the main contact with the, with the customer, and, and nobody has better employees than we do. Wow. Um, they've been done a fabulous job for us, and they really, because of them, we are where we are today. And I'm not saying that to sound nice. It's really the truth. We have, you know, several hundred phone operators, and those people are talking every day with your customer. Unless they're doing a perfect job, you know, it, it just doesn't work out. And the people on the Internet site have done a good job to make it as friendly as possible. But the uh, employees here have really made the business what it is today. Race and I, like I said, we've made lots of mistakes. We've done some things right. But uh, in our business, we didn't do anything unique, really. We didn't do anything, uh, many evolutionary steps to mail our business. We just sort of did what a lot of other people did, but we were lucky we got into it at the right time. We were in a good a good field of pet trade, and we just kind of relied on our veterinary skills and our employees, excuse me, to get us where we are today, and that's really the truth. Well, you've got, what, about over 500 employees? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Wow. Uh-huh. That's a lot of people. Now, there's some things that may surprise people about Doctors Foster Smith. I love the website PetEducation.com, and that's part of your deal. You're out there giving people most current information on a variety of topics involving pets and animals in general, correct? Mm-hmm. It's a non-commercial site. Uh, we, like I said, we have uh, five pharmacists and five veterinarians on staff, and they write articles for it. And the, the site can be used by anybody. There's no charge for it, but it's just strictly informational articles from you know some strange forms of cancer in pets to maybe how to set up aquarium to, you know, how to select a veterinarian to what's an emergency, everything like that. It doesn't try to replace a veterinarian or anything like that, but it tries to give the, the customer or the people using the site a better or deeper knowledge into uh, anything they want to know about any pet they have. Well, think so about we knowledge is power. You know, there's a lot of funky internet sites out there that are really happy to give you out pet advice, but they don't have that knowledge backing, I guess. We're lucky. With ours is used by several universities and a lot of schools, mm-hmm. and okay. we get a lot of feedback, and if we make a mistake, we find out about it quickly. So Good, we, good. We That's good. On top of it. I'm glad you're not perfect. That would be kind of a boring interview, by the way. I just want you well, to know. I don't really want to deal with somebody that's perfect. <laughs> um, what do you like to do for fun when you're not running this mega business? I mean, is there like a favorite kind of food you like to make or are you secretly like to, I don't know, watch America's Got Talent? I don't know if you're a reality show buff. What do you do when you're trying to chill and relax? A lot of things I do today are involved around things that my children brought me into. I do a lot of work today with a place called Dulos Ministry. It's uh, uh, This is off the... Maybe not what you wanted to talk about, Dave, but I spend a lot of time working with a facility for children who are um, sort of lost. They, maybe they, they've become a runaway or got involved in drugs or other thing. And we have facilities in Branson, Missouri, and in Kansas City, Missouri, where these children go, and they go, go to school there, and they get counseling and everything. I do a lot of work with that group. 
And uh, let's, uh, let's get a, is there a website or say again the name? Uh, Doulos Ministry, D-O-U-L-O-U-S, uh, Ministries, mm-hmm. and that's involved there. Rach and I both done a lot of work for our local humane societies. We gave them the ground for it uh, so they could build their facility, and we tried to sponsor a lot of humane facilities. We donate to uh, rescue groups and humane societies as much as we can. Try to do that. Uh, we do quite a bit of work with uh, some work with some of the organizations dealing with neurological diseases and people because of uh, the part that we everything. I like to spend a lot of time outdoors. My daughters and I like to spend time in the field and fishing and things like that. One of them was involved in horses. You kind of end up as a dad just doing what your kids were yeah. into, and then you end up following through with it. Did you name all your daughters by the same initial, like um, nope. the foster family? I didn't. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> I actually have a good friend named Flo From, and her husband's name was Frank, and fortunately they did not name all their children with the first letter F. Because that could really make your tongue go into gymnastic maneuvers. So you like to fish with your daughters, and you hang out with your English setter and pointers. You help raise like family-type dogs, correct? With mm-hmm. The breed? Okay. Yeah. What is it about that breed, that those two breeds, that really have piqued your interest? You know, I guess I grew up with them. You know, when I was uh, five, six, seven years of age, my dad had them, and uh, those breeds, and I just always had them around me all the time. Lots of good breeds. You know, one of the things we always run into in veterinary medicine is somebody says, well, I have a certain breed, and you can't do this with that, or this breed has to have that. When you get down to it, they're all about the same. And, uh, you know, the, I think these are intelligent dogs, and somebody else thinks they're poodles and intelligent dogs, and it is. I think well, dogs are dogs, and if you like a certain color or a certain personality trait, go with it. There's a zillion of them out there. And I've just been with these guys forever. No, oh, I think it's cool. Everybody's got like a favorite breed. Mine's the Corgi. I think they're a combination of Robin Williams and the Three Stooges, myself. Brains Corgi. and humor. They're a great dog. They're a great yeah. dog. <laughs> and I am sort of look like one, so that kind of, the ears aren't as big on me, but, you know, I've got the same body build, so that always helps. Well, let's talk, one thing I think is really neat that you're doing is you're kind of being kind to the environment. Two things I wanted to ask you about. This is hilarious. You guys came up with a way to pack your products so that the dogs that love to sniff and eat anything that's dropped on the ground won't be harmed. And I'm speaking about the styrofoam packing peanuts that we all see in all these packages. But if you open up from Doctors Foster Smith, you're not going to get styrofoam packing peanuts, are you? No, we manufacture them right here. They're cornstarch. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. You, you can eat them. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're colored green with just a regular food dye so that people get the hint that they're, you know, the green movement or whatever. But uh-huh. they're just made out of cornstarch, and uh, they're biodegradable. You can eat them. They're totally harmless to the environment. How long ago did you guys come up with that idea? That's a pretty nice idea. It's really being very kind to the animals that you can't always catch from eating something they shouldn't. The uh, technology came, became uh, available to direct mailers about four or five years ago, and we went with it right away. So that's There's one thing. In the back of the building that just sits there all day making the styrofoam, or the, the peanuts that, that they're not styrofoam. Like I said, they're just made out of cornstarch. That's smart. That's smart. Well, you're in the in the corn country, you know, in Wisconsin, so you probably have easy access, right? Absolutely. <laughs> now, the second thing, you know, a lot of people know about your dogs and cat products and, and other things, but it sounds like you're also helping out coral reefs, which people need to realize. I grew up in uh, Florida before. I, I lived in Florida for a number of years in my previous life as a newspaper reporter. And it always bothered me that people would think that coral reefs were not living, and they're actually animals, correct? That's right. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the coral reefs. Well, we do a lot with people who have saltwater aquaria. 
everybody likes to have coral, whether soft coral or hard corals in their aquaria. And the hard corals especially were being over-harvested. In other words, people would go out and just decimate hard coral, collecting Jeez. it to sell to people who had aquariums. Well, not us, but somebody thought up the idea, you know, if you had one little piece of coral, given time and given the correct environment, you could grow as much coral as you ever wanted from it. So today, we don't harvest any coral, any the hard corals from the ocean anymore. We have a farm right here in northern Wisconsin that's <laughs> just batteries of saltwater tanks, and we'll take a piece of coral, and you break the hard skeleton, and then start it growing on a separate little substrate, and it will grow up and become any size you want within the limitation of that species of coral. And that way, uh, we're not robbing the environment anymore of uh, hard corals and just growing more and more, and we can supply any quantity needed by anybody. And, and a lot of the large aquaria buy from us now, like uh, state and federal aquariums that are around the United States, or city aquariums, they'll buy from us, and they can wow. get the coral. We'll grow them up maybe a certain size. Or they'll start them out at a small size and then grow them whatever want, size they want for their aquarium. We can keep doing that all of us together day, and it's really taken a huge burden off the environment. I'm sorry, I have to laugh. I'm just imagining it's February 17th in Wisconsin, and we're all freezing our tutus off. And yet there is probably one of the best places in the country in, that's growing coral. That's right. And 365 days a year. My partner, Reese, really took off it and went with it and, and did a phenomenal job with it. And now Arden, we'll have what's called a frag swap uh, once a year where mm-hmm. people from all the United States come and they'll bring a little piece of coral and they'll bring it here in a little tank. They'll fly in, the airport, in an airplane with it. They'll come oh and they'll trade with other people or they'll trade with us to get a certain kind of coral. And during that period, there will be seminars by specialists from all over the world come in and give talks about saltwater or freshwater aquarium. And then at the end of the weekend, everybody goes home with a new kind of coral for their tank back home. That's brilliant. That's fun, isn't it? You meet a lot of different people. You know, Last year, I was talking to somebody from a foreign country, and I have no idea what they were asking me. And I'm sure they had no idea what I was telling them. So, <laughs> a lot of, usually 800 to 1,200 people come in for that. Wow. I wanted to ask you, you know, there's a lot of celebrities that go out and everybody knows them. I mean, I'm assuming in northern Wisconsin, your face is quite familiar. But do you get any kind of a, a celebrityness when you're traveling? Do people know who you are on a plane? Or are you one of those fortunate people that can be famous but not have to be pestered? What's the story? <laughs> I hate to shatter your image of me, but one time, one time a stewardess asked if I was who I was. Really? And did they ask you if you were Dr. Foster or Smith? <laughs> no, they just asked if I was the guy in the catalog. So I didn't even know who they were asking. No, never... <laughs> I guess I've never had anybody uh, recognize me or pay much. And around town here, uh, most people, a lot of people don't even know about our mail order business. They just think I'm still over on the highway spaying dogs. So I'm really <laughs> lucky that way. That's really the way I'd prefer it, I guess. I think I, if you had to do that or like win the lotto and no one really knew who you were and you could do really nice acts of kindness for others without having to be having to deal with that other aspect of being famous or talent, I think you got lucky again. I think so. Yeah, now I promise I won't put billboards up or anything, okay? Well, there wouldn't be much to see if you did, so. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> we are delighted that we have had as our special guest today Dr. Marty Smith, part of the uh, duel of Drs. Foster Smith. And uh, one day, maybe we can get Race Foster to come on board. You can tell it wasn't so bad, right? He would happily do it. Okay, well, good. I want to get into the whole R thing. I'm going to have a whole bunch of alliterations on the word R because of his whole family named R. That's their first names. But uh, tell him it'll be okay. It's not as bad as a spay or a neuter, I promise, as a guest on my show. 
I want to make sure that people know to go to Doctors Foster Smith. I'm sure you all already have that memorized pretty well. It's very easy. It's drsfostersmith.com. And more importantly, too, also go to peteducation.com. That's their site that has really helpful veterinarian written and veterinary pharmacist written articles that give you solid information to help you work even better with your vet about your dog, your cat, or other critter. Uh, is there anything else I forgot? I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you. At this point, I want to say I also thank Mark Winter for being my producer on the show. And I also thank you listeners for tuning in each and every week. Go check out PetLifeRadio.com. We have a whole host of great hosts. So check it out. Until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>